The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Good afternoon, this is Simon Tishko. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. And you are tuned in to this week's Sonic Detour Isotopica, which this week features an ontological, should we say that, or an ontological, an ontological remix of a 1968 Tony Palmer documentary film on pop. Yes, ontology, once again. Pop. This is pop in the week that um, class war, class war in Tory Britain reaches new, shocking and, quite frankly, disgusting heights. More of that later, I hope. In the meantime, pin back your very discerning Resonance FM listener-style ears and see what you make of this little effort of mine. good song with a good theme and a good chord change and a great construction with a great artist singing it. As I said, it's art for art's sake, money for Christ's sake. If it sells, who cares? And there are those who demand that pop music is nothing but the grotesque mumblings of a drug-sodden youth. Others, that it is making possible the most startling artistic upheaval since the Renaissance. Others still, that it is merely the harmless entertainment of adolescence. Everyone, however, demands the existence of heroes. Heroes, that is, who can be worshipped, whether they be gods, generals, lone yachtsmen, television personalities, cultural leaders, or pop stars. In this time of instant global communications, these heroes become monsters. Being semi-myths seem neither to feel nor care in the way that we're able to understand. Here in Liverpool, in poor homes like these, were born four such heroes, the Beatles. 
We show that the best of pop does care, and care with increasing desperation about the way we are and the way we live. Above all, it cares about love. But love, penetrating though it is, penetrates only to possibilities and not to facts. Thus, alas, we go step by step into the darkness. The only truth is the movement. If nothing else, pop music is describing that movement with a bitterness too deep now for words. This is one form of escape that they have, which is uh, socially acceptable. They lose themselves in this environment of light and sound and vibration and feeling. They lose themselves with others who are doing the same. This is a type of conformist communal effort. because it was Beethoven and Tchaikovsky and sort of big words like that and Schoenberg. You know, Neil, I always thought... Paul McCartney. I mean, sort of like a taxi driver the other day said, had some sheet music of a Mozart thing. And I said, what's that? And he said, oh, <laughs> I said, oh that's the eyeglass stuff. You won't like that. He said, no, no, you won't like that. And I said, well, what is it? He said, oh, no, you won't like it. You know, it's high class, that. It's very high class. Highbrow. And, uh, that kind of way, I always used to think of it. I used to think, well, you know, that is, that's very clever, all that stuff. And it isn't, you know, it's just exactly what's going on in pop at the moment. Pop music is the classical music of now. People just take our music and, you know, in a line and we just sort of say, yeah, she was just 17. And they just, they read everything into that. You know, she was a 17-year-old nymphomaniac working on the streets of Broadway. But, you know, what we meant is she's just 17. But it might mean all the other as well. I don't know. You know I, I have no idea if there's a, any aeolian cadences and, you know, miasmic climaxes <laughs> and all of that. We're the last people to know about our songs because the pop world's never heard the pop world as such. Because we can't, you know, it's like if you look at a snapshot of yourself, you're looking at what tie you were wearing or whether you were looking nice in the snapshot. You know, but anyone else would just take the snapshot and say, oh, that's good, that's a snapshot of Tony. You know, we really just always think of ourselves as just happy little songwriters, just little rockers, you know, just playing in a rock group. But it gets more important than that after you been over to America and you've seen it. Got nice, got nice.
just don't see as much of George as we used to do. He's away so much. George Harrison's mother. Of course, as soon as he comes back, he's always, he always visits us, so we go down and visit him, you know. We're still very close to him. I get letters now from most parts of the world, quite a lot from Japan and, of course, America. And uh, some of the Iron Curtain countries started now to write, I guess, maybe up to 200, 250 a week. George says, I think you're really more popular than I am now, and he only sees all the letters. And he has a good laugh about it. And especially when he reads some of them, they say, Dear Mum, you know, he says, Who's this then? <laughs> fun in the record if there's a few sounds that you don't really know what they are and really they're just instruments only something happens on here you know i couldn't tell you what because we have a special man who sits here and goes like this ringo star and the guitar turns into a piano or something you know? and then you may say why don't you use a piano because the piano sounds like a guitar in charge of the beatles recordings george martin you can cut you can edit obviously you can slow down or speed up your tape you can put in backward stuff you can put in electronic sounds which you can possibly reproduce live you can use combinations of instruments which are completely unbalanced but you can make them balanced you can put a well you can put a, a very soft flute against a huge brass cord and still make it sound loud then cut up the tape and it threw it up in the air and sort of settled down the ground and join them all up together together so it just became like a like a um patchwork quilt and this is the kind of thing you can do on recording but you obviously couldn't possibly do it live because it is in fact making up music as you go along and when we were touring, we might have at a sort of peak of hysteria. Instead of just saying, you know, that's nice. I mean, we could have just thought, aha, click. You know, let's use this and for evil, you know. But there's no desire in any of our heads to sort of take over the world, you know. That was Hitler, that's what he wanted to do. There is, however, a desire to get power in order to use it for good. And the manager came to me and said, the cripples are ready. Derek Taylor, Beatles publicist. I said, what are they ready for? The Beatles? He said, oh, yes. So said, what, what, what do they want? He said, well, they can't move that much, so maybe if the Beatles had patted them, that would be enough. I said, I mean, lay their hands on them. He said, yeah, that, put it like that. So I went in and I said, there's a dozen paraplegics waiting for you in wheelchairs. So, good enough, they trooped out, touched them, grinned, and said, you know, see you again. The Maharishi. You hold the whole world movement has to be a cooperative enterprise. <laughs> I don't know what level he's on, but uh, he's on the we had a nice holiday in India and came back rested to play businessman. John Lennon. John Lennon. We were there four months, so George and I were. We, we lost 13 pounds and we looked a day older. In the midst of all these uh, activity and the world's attention and interest for transcendental meditation, I don't get a moment to think of silence. <laughs> you've got power, you've got to use it for the good. Because like everyone else, we read the papers, we go through all the things that most people go through. So if everyone wants to say a thing at a certain time, it's handy being a songwriter. You know, you can put your finger on it, like a yellow submarine. You know. I'll read about what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah before it was destroyed. 
and virtually speaking what was happening there is exactly what's happening in London today. Sometimes when there was big offers made to go to, you know, different things like uh, film works and something else, things went crash. They never came off. I either did something wrong or something happened. And I wondered why everything was sort of crumpling, you see. Well, after I was converted, after I became a Christian, I met different Christian people who told me that they were praying for me, that God would literally smash everything that I did and, and save me out of that life. Exton Pan Alley Publisher. I couldn't put up with this stuff and say, oh, uh, is that Mr. Murray? Oh, this is the ABC Publishing Company here. And you say, oh, yeah, we're not dead, you know. I'm going to say, hi, Pete, and Eddie. Hello, Ed, what can I do for you? The whole business was based on that, do you understand? It was all down the bottom of the old pal's act because he knew I would phone him with something that was good for him. Every year, about 100 million records are born. A hit song can earn more in 12 months than most people earn in a lifetime. The revenue of one publishing company during the last five years exceeds the total famine relief sent to India during the last ten. With such resources, pop has become the most powerful selling medium of all time. The product will sell easily if the sound is right. So those who make the sound must be dressed and photographed and behave in a way that society, which sponsored them, expects. Thus, in newspapers, on television, and on radio, pop is the language of profit. Such today is the price of acceptance. W-A-B-C, 95 and a half FM. This jockey down in Rome. Goodbye to acne pimples and farewell to blackheads. Proper pH lotion acts so promptly that if you're not satisfied with results in three days, your money and your pimples will be refunded. Dallas, Texas, a jingle factory considers how to sell the Mona Lisa with pop music. I'd showcase it. I would package it just uh, as if it were a package of peas. Dignity comes up. Lasting qualities. Semantics. Semantics here. Communication with, uh, with first the client, uh, with, with his needs again. Uh, can't overdo that word. Uh, Jingle executive, Jim West. You've got, uh, you've got French horns. It's a beautifully warm, colorful instrument. Uh, back to bassoons again. Uh, maybe a very light, subtle martial theme. Uh, in the background. Uh, with timpani lightly in the background. Uh, Kind of an anticipatory type thing, as if uh, you are being charged with the opportunity of finally seeing something. So that visually, uh, if the camera, for instance, were to finally frame in on, on uh, the Mona Lisa, it would be as if you had been anticipating it. And finally, there it is. And it's a beautiful thing. one-time merchandise shop, Apple, in London's West End. A group called Grapefruit adorn themselves for their next public appearance. 
straight still. Might just lean into camera more, into camera. Okay, just watch it. Being immortalized for a new record cover, the Moody Blues. Watch the camera, just ignore this one. That's fine, that's fine. Just hang on to that and still. That's great, still. <laughs> Every day you can pick up these papers. There's nothing there but headlines. The whole thing is a kind of degrading sort of scene. They're picking up articles and they're purveying kind of nasty little gossip. And they're combining that with a moral tone. Manfred Mann. I think, I mean, I think it's absolutely terrible. Sometimes I pick up and I can't believe it. The things that are most important. Tony Hall. Integrity. Pop impresario. Complete and utter dedication and involvement in their music and their art. Uh, sincerity as people. Uh, and a genuine desire to be creative. Now look, Bill is married and he's got a child. Now he's, Bill, how old? 20? What are you now? 22 tomorrow. 20? Oh, happy birthday tomorrow. <laughs> Listen. Now, look, Bill's wife, Susan, is a very, very attractive girl. Uh, now, how about the big line is probably the, the um, age line, and it's told for financial gain. I think that's wrong. It's not told, you see, to help the group or to convey that in the group which is meaningful. It's not told to keep the public informed. It's told to make extra money. And there are those who say that pop music can only express now. As if now were different from previous times. Either in moral stature or in musical achievement. Great fellow, Douglas Hammerstein would be more talented than enough. He's got a lot of talent, Tommy. But I can remember when he was voted number one guitarist. Number one guitarist. He didn't play the guitar on his record in his life. And we had a Roy Plummer, but we were playing the backing one. And this was 10, 15 years ago. And this has been going on since time in May. position of a feeling that you're not playing the drums, you're not playing your instrument, it's playing you. United States Marines in full dress uniform with 
the mothers. Frank Zappa, leader of the mothers of invention. People were just sort of quiet, waiting for something to happen. So I gave them the signal, and they lunged for the microphones and started screaming, kill, kill, kill. The audience laughed. Then I had them sing their songs. After it was all over, I walked to the microphone and I said, thank you. And then I motioned to Ray, the lead singer, and he walked to the microphone and said, thank you. And then I went back to the microphone and I said, thank you. And he said, thank you. And we kept doing it until it got very redundant. And we hoped to involve the Marines in this whole redundant unit and expected them to go up and say, thank you. I pointed to the first Marine. He walked to the microphone and said, eat the apple, stuff the core. Some of us love our mothers more. And there was dead silence in the room. Then we went into some electronic music and they sat down on the stage. I sent out during intermission for a large doll, a girl doll about that tall. They brought it back and during one of our hot numbers, I gave them instructions to mutilate the doll just like they're trained to do back at the camp. And they did it. They just ripped the piss out of this doll. They stomped on it, they mangled it. They messed the eyes up. They really did a good job on it. They trained those suckers for
it was once disseminated through vast promotional expeditions. The Who journey 15,000 miles in six weeks. 800 miles a day for an engagement is nothing. Increasingly, the strain of such tours forces ambitious pop musicians away from live performance into the womb-like recording studio. The song thus becomes an electronic creation. It exists only on record. The first Beatle LP was made in a day. Their recent Sgt. Pepper song cycle took three months and 700 hours of studio time. Mozart wrote Don Giovanni in seven weeks. We've been getting a lot of letters from listeners who advise cooking with steamers and two-tiered saucepans, if you have one. This is, of course, an excellent plan and saves a lot of fuel. A listener from Belvedere, Kent, used an old saucepan lid. Well, they usually last longer than saucepans, so you'll probably have one or two to spare. Turned it upside down and knocked some holes in that from the inside. It balances marvellously on top of another saucepan, and you can put in your vegetables and cover it with the lid belonging to the saucepan underneath. Huge cluster of scooters outside, a very scruffy looking pub in Harrow. And I went in and there were the Who. And where there was a distinct feeling of the presence of evil and of something which you can only describe as revolutionary. I mean, revolutionary in the sense of blood, revolutionary in the sense of a complete upheaval of everyone's ideas. Manager of the Who, Skip Lambert. The ceiling came right down on top of them so that when Pete was playing, he'd keep banging the end of his guitar against the ceiling. And one night they used to play there regularly. He physically sort of poked a hole through the ceiling because it was getting in his way. It was just made of paper and cardboard. And that's where the and you know, this went down tremendously with the audience. I don't have a love affair with a guitar. I don't polish it after every performance, etc., etc. I play them. You know, our actual intention is to play out all the adrenaline and all the aggression and show the audience that you are a frustrated character. You do want to get something out of your system and you do want to do it in front of them. And it's got much more to do with art and music than people imagine. Much, much more to do with pop music than anything else.
pop groups, equipment, guitars, drums, amplifiers, speakers, and microphones is about a thousand pounds, two thousand five hundred dollars. In Peoria, Illinois, the Who play out their adrenaline at the opera house. Neurotis and the publish was a fussy. They would sit together for hours changing one word because it didn't seem right. No, it doesn't matter. I love you. You know, this is music. It doesn't fit so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Plant has flowered in the sun, shell and the pepper sunning. So begins another spring. Green leaves and berries. Chief chaffings are painted by mother bird eating cherries. A misty tangled sky, faster wind is blowing in a newborn rabbit's heart. River life is flowing, so begins another spring. Green leaves and berries, chief chaffings are painted by. And it's all coming out under the guise of pop music. And it's a great camouflage. And I think we're all glad of it, really, because we're treated like idiots. And it's nice to be treated like an idiot and sit at home and be very serious about your life. And maybe two wars and 70 years of wars, they couldn't look out past the cities. Everything that you see is beautiful. It's been made not to be looked upon, it's just been made. But it wasn't made to be beautiful. It is beautiful. And the sea is deep and heavy, and it really influences me so much. The whole world is so fantastically beautiful. I used to think in messages when I was younger, but I was slowly trying to learn who I was and myself. And now the message is only describing a beautiful feeling or describing a beautiful thing to look at. Is a message in itself, because it's sharing the beauty of the world with someone else. Rain has showered far and rain, splash and a trickle running. Plant has flowered in yon sun, shell and a pebble sunning. So begins another spring.
Don't think those 12 and 13 year old girls don't look for that stuff. They call it the bump. I heard these girls talking about, I saw Mick Jagger, he has a nice bump. See what, a, what an American Negro is going through today, where his mind is at. Go and see Jimmy Hendrix, and you'll realize why there are race riots here in this country, why there's almost a civil war here, right here in America. Jimmy's music is all explosions, and it's, you know, technically great. He's fantastic. He's a wizard on the guitar. But his music is all so
I'm not, you know, I'm really sleepy. But then I open the door and see somebody that appeals to me, you know. Or like, first of all, thinking about, at first I say, what in the world is she doing here, you know? Or what does she even want or something like that? I stand and she says, oh, maybe, can I come in? And I'm standing there and really digging her, you know, she's really nice looking, you know? But tell that's the truth, like, uh, she's about 19, 20 or, you know, beyond the age or so and so. And uh, so I said, oh, well, I'll probably stand there, and then, and then there I go, I'll, I'll get back into a nap with me. Tell us about you, that's the way I am, because, like, <laughs> when it comes to that, yeah, it's really no good thing. It just happens, man. It's something for one night, something for the next night. But the thing is, the older you get, it's just when you look back and you realize that there's someone's daughters. I can't express myself in a, you know, conversation. I can't explain myself like this and that sometimes because, you know, this doesn't come out like that. So, excuse me, we're on stage. It's all in the world. That's just your whole life. For the uh, first page of this demonstration, we will listen to some symphonic music by Mazursky. Pictures at an excellent. One of the devices that we use uh, to evaluate this is uh, graphic representation of the sound pressure level. Take a while for the amplifier to warm up. Dr. Ken Ward Oliphant. Notice how the dynamic peak Passages are... Time, of course, is on the axis of the paper, and the dynamic passages are on the vertical ordinance. The, uh, the uh, second portion of the demonstration, of course, is the pop music, the uh, calibration on the tape recorder and the tape is a realistic comparison of the two sounds as physically heard in respective halls. The double wheel of the sun rolls in the sky. Possibly the distortion involved in the loudness uh, may be more important than the musical content. We noticed in putting these things on, these are ear protectors. They attenuate sound. And it's rather nice, I can't hear myself. We're involved in sort of a low-key low war against apathy. I don't know how you're doing on apathy over there, but we got a lot of it, boys and girls. A lot of what we do is designed to annoy people to the point where they might, just for a second, question enough of their environment to do something about it. 
as long as they don't feel their environment, they don't worry about it, they're not going to do anything to change it. And something's got to be done before America scarfs up the world and shits on it. There was a lot of uh, hard rock stuff being sung. The Beatles were saying things like, I want to be your man. Let me, you know, let me hold your hand. Uh, we had uh, the Rolling Stones were doing all rock stuff, you know, um, Chuck Berry stuff. Everything was hard and junk, junk, solid. Eric Burton. And then LSD came along and the music suddenly went all trippy and dreamy and, uh, you know, flowers that grow so incredibly high and, you know, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Everything became much softer, much more hallucinogenic, trippy, dreamy. And now that the drugs are gone, we're coming back again to the solidness. Everybody's getting themselves together again. You know, we've got, the people who lived through the, the LSD experience went through a complete facet of learning, you know. And it's just, you know, it must have been done some other way when we thought I was a, when we thought I was a kid. Maybe they did it by going to war. You know, I was talking to an air hostess who told me that she was on a line, TWA, which was flying soldiers to the front of Vietnam. And she would watch a platoon of soldiers together get on the plane. And when they got on the plane and they were on the way to Vietnam, they'd be all, you know, getting as much booze down their throats as possible, all bragging about wanting to get into battle and fight it out, all trying to grab a hold of the hostess and things like that. Now she'd watch the same platoon on the way back after they'd experienced combat, on the way back to America. And they'd become men. They were dignified and quiet and they shut up and they'd behave themselves and they didn't say anything. So for them, really, that's kind of like an LSD trip. That's what it does to you. There is so much communication, but there's so much a lack of communication. The tools are there for communication, but we're not using them right. 
television is being misused, radio is being misused, the movies are being misused. The movies in Hollywood, for instance, have told the biggest, dirtiest lie about America than for the past 30 years. Then this is probably the greatest lie that mankind's ever told. My faith was so much stronger than I believed in fellow men. And I was so much older than when I was young. When I an old proverb it says that uh, youth um, thinks itself wise just as drunk men think themselves sober. Anthony Burgess. Youth is not wise. Youth, no youth knows nothing about life. Youth knows nothing about anything except a massive cliches which for the most part through the media of pop songs are just foisted on them by middle-aged entrepreneurs and exploiters who should know better. When we start thinking that pop music is close to God, then we'll think pop music is aesthetically better than it is. And it's only the aesthetic value of pop music we're really concerned with. I mean, the only way we can judge Wagner or Beethoven or, or any other composer is aesthetically. We don't regard Wagner or Beethoven or Shakespeare or Milton as great teachers. When we start claiming for Lennon or McCartney or, or Maharishi or any other of these pop prophets, the ability to transport us to, um, to a region where God becomes manifest, then I see red. We're satisfied with our little long playing record, ten pop numbers or thereabouts aside. This is great. We've been told this by the great pundits of our age. And in consequence, why should we bother to learn? There's nothing more delightful than to be told, you don't have to learn, my boy. There's nothing in it. Modern art, there's nothing in it. When you're told these things, you sit down with a sigh of relief. Thank God I don't have to learn, I don't have to travel, I don't have to exert myself in the service. I am what I am. Youth is youth. Pop is pop. There's no need to progress. There's no need to do anything. Let us sit down, smoke our marijuana. An admirable thing in itself, but not the end of anything. Let us listen to our records, and life has become a single moment. A single moment is eternity. We're with God. Finish. I remember an old proverb that says that uh, youth um, thinks itself wise just as drunk men think themselves sober. Anthony Burgess. Youth is not wise. Youth, no youth knows nothing about life. Youth knows nothing about anything except a mass of cliches which for the most part, through the media of pop songs, are just foisted on them by middle-aged entrepreneurs and exploiters who should know better. When we start thinking that uh, pop music is close to God, then we'll think pop music is aesthetically better than it is. And it's only the aesthetic value of pop music we're really concerned with. I mean, the only way we can judge Wagner or Beethoven or, or any other composer is aesthetically. We don't regard Wagner or Beethoven or Shakespeare or Milton as great teachers. When we start claiming for Lennon or McCartney or, or the Maharishi or any other of these pop prophets, the ability to transport us to, um, to a region where God becomes manifest, then I see red. We're satisfied with our little long playing record, ten pop numbers or thereabouts aside. This is great. We've been told this by the great pundits of our age. And in consequence, why should we bother to learn? There's nothing more delightful than to be told, you don't have to learn, my boy. There's nothing in it. Modern art, there's nothing in it. When you're told these things, you sit down with a sigh of relief. Thank God I don't have to learn, I don't have to travel, I don't have to exert myself in the slightest. I am what I am. Youth is youth. Pop is pop. 
Youth is youth, pop is pop. Youth is youth, pop is pop. There's no need to progress, there's no need to do anything. Youth is youth, pop is pop. Youth is youth, pop is pop. Let us sit down, smoke our marijuana, an admirable thing in itself, but not the end of anything. Let us listen to our records, and life has become a single moment, a single moment is eternity. We're with God, finis. There's what they call a culture boom, which means that more people are buying uh, carefully packaged classical music at budget prices. You know, get a little Mozart in your house and uh, make people think you know what's happening. Uh, pop music, bad as it is, is better than most of the rest of what's happening. Certain primitive tribes believe we have no art. We do everything as well as possible. To us who think ourselves sophisticated, the cream, a pop group, offer a simple hope. Youth is youth, pop is pop. 
Youth is youth, pop is pop. Youth is youth, pop is pop. It makes me very rich, and I got big dreams because of it. I see all the writers together again, and I see all the painters together again, and I see all the filmmakers together, all together under one roof, influencing each other and making beautiful things, controlling the whole market, all the markets, with all the art. Just how you'd imagine if you sat down, how you'd really like it. That's how we're going to make it. Like uh, Greece, the Parthenon, all the great minds of the world sitting up on top of the world, working it out. And painters and musicians and everybody can come from all over the world with their dreams. And we say, yes, you can do that dream. Here's so much, do it. Pop music is the beginning of the whole trunk, you know, and it'll all just spread out. Because the pop music is changing the scene anyway. Fashion will change, architecture, eating, everything. Because we, we want it a certain way and we're going to have it. You have been listening to Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM with me, Simon Tishko. And this week, the week of Tory Britain Class War, Tory Britain Class War, Tory Britain Class War, Tory Britain Class War, coming to full force. Details of today's show and previous episodes, playlists, etc, etc, etc can be found on my website being www.theculture.net Follow the links to radio or press any other button for a slightly wider view of my practice. If you feel you've been affected by any of the issues raised in today's episode then please send me a contact email Discuss it in great length. This is Simon Tishko. Signing the anger is sorrow, the devil is hate. A dream is tomorrow, a radio station cannot wait. An artist is beauty that rises above to look in the eyes of an angel. An angel is love. love. A mother is giving, a baby is need A garden is living, where doubt is a weed A man made of truth, where's the sign of the dove Who knows when he speaks to an Wonder yet wonder
program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.